and welcome to Tipping the Balance. I'm Katie Hickey, your host, and today we hear from Amy Robertson. Amy owns her own brand photography business, The Woman and the Wolf, and she is also well known for being very open about sharing her own challenges with her mental health. Amy talks to me about being in a coercive, controlling relationship and how that taught her to set strict boundaries with everything in her life. We discuss toxic positivity, self-care, the power of gratitude and journaling, and the joys of being your own boss. Amy goes into detail about the things that have really helped her to try and tip the balance in favour of her mental and physical health, and I personally found this interview incredibly insightful and uplifting, and I'm sure you will too. Amy, welcome to Tipping the Balance. Thank you for being here today and agreeing to be on the show. I... I'm excited to talk to you for many reasons, some of which being that you are an entrepreneur, you are very determined in your work, you're extremely talented at what you do. Um, I know I've got some great um, brand photography from you. Um, Thank you for that. Um, And you're also very vocal about mental health. You share quite a lot of your own kind of personal experience on your social media and your blog etc so um, I thought you were absolutely perfect person to have on the podcast to talk about mental health. I'm really pleased to be here thank you for asking me and yes you're right this is something that I am really passionate about talking about because I think it affects everyone whether they realize it or not. Mental health is such a big subject and it's really good that it's being talked about more publicly now I think because I think that just makes it so much easier for people to deal with things especially when social media can be such a highlight reel as well. I think it's I think I just I for me personally I don't I don't don't want my content to be a highlight reel I want it to be as honest as possible so yeah it is an important discussion yeah yeah I mean and that in itself is is a balance and that's something that um I talk to my husband Fred a lot about because I feel like I feel his social media is tends to be this highlight reel and it's all positive positive and I always say to him like come on you know like you need to put a bit more balance in there because nobody wants to just see that sometimes call it um grotesquely optimistic where he just like tries to find the positive and everything but yeah I agree with you like there's it's good to be honest about the the good times and the bad because um, that is just life um, absolutely life is just like a, a series of ups and downs it's not necessarily good or bad I hate the words I I I I'm not a massive fan of the over positivity I try to avoid toxic positivity as much as possible because I think the people who do do that I understand why they do um but I don't think they realize that within that they're actually isolating people from their audience and they're also putting themselves on a pedestal which is never a very easy space to be in and it's also like wearing a mask constantly which is really hard to maintain um you know I've when when I am in really low points, which, you know, they do happen regularly because that's just how I'm made up. Um, I either need to talk about that openly because I I find it so physically exhausting and mentally exhausting to try and maintain anything but how I'm feeling. But also my other tactic would, I would rather come off of social media and take a step back than, than try to push an overly positive, toxic positive point, um, I mm. think 
it's uh, it's really important for your own well-being and also the well-being of your audience Mm, no I, I totally agree it's something that um is a conversation that comes up on a regular basis in in our house but um I think I feel similar to you in that I do tend to have like low days seemingly quite often and uh and I guess not everybody does experience that you know that's my experience and yeah it sounds like your experience too but everyone's different and uh yeah some people will feel low a lot more than others and you know it seems on the surface some people might appear like they just don't get these low days very often maybe they do maybe they don't even realize I don't know what what that is with in terms of toxic positivity but um yeah something that I'm quite interested in just because it comes up a lot in our house and also I've so I've started at the beginning of December I've started tracking my cycles and keeping keeping a journal over how I'm feeling on a daily basis and I am already like starting to see a pattern so I also know that it's my body and it's the chemistry of my body and that um, by tracking my cycles, I'm starting to take a lot more control over how I'm managing my time. And I'm finding that that's massively beneficial to mm. my mental health is kind of knowing what my my hormones and my chemistry and my mindset and when my anxiety is going to spike more because there's definitely a pattern of when that anxiety that anxiety peaks. And that's been a massive benefit as well as one of the tools I use to kind of maintain things. So I think that if you're a woman, I think that's definitely something worth worth doing is um, mm. to track your cycles and get a feel for, for your body and what it's doing, because then you can work with it rather than against it. Yeah, it's, I mean, because I've got, I'm looking up where I, where I record my podcast episodes is um, above my bookshelf. Have you read the, this book, The Period Power by Maisie no. Hill? I have been recommended that. I read um, Code Red by Lisa Lister. That's probably a little bit more on the woo-woo side of things with a good mix of science. Um, But I like how she mixes in the menstrual cycle with the lunar cycle. There's definitely key points of the month around the moon and what my body's doing that I can see that there's patterns there so I I track both based on based on the moon and my body um which isn't for everyone but I think having a practice like that even if you don't buy into that I think is just good self-care and to just get an understanding of where you're at because I think one of the the best things that I read is that um as women, we're not actually made to be consistent, but we live in a world where it, we're expected to be consistent. So mm. we're kind of constantly trying to um, push this level of consistency that we're, we're, we're just not actually built to do and it can become really exhausting. So that's definitely one of my goals for 2021 is to kind of tune into my body more and work with those periods of time rather than against them which is what I've done for years and I don't think it's helped and like from from what you've tracked so far I mean are there are there just is everybody completely unique in terms of their cycles or are there kind of main points that flag up for a lot of people in a similar way like what what's been your findings so So far from what I can gather, um, everyone has their own unique cycle. I think there is a pattern that runs for, for most people, probably depending on where they are at, at what stage they are at, they're at in their lives as well. So you obviously have the kind of named after the season. So you kind of have spring and summer. 
which is um, referred to as real like masculine energy. Um, so it's very outward. So they're really good periods of time for setting intentions, taking action, being sociable. And I definitely can recognize, so I'm, I'm quite, um, that first two weeks of my cycle, I'm, I am much more energized. It's much more easier for me to do things. I don't procrastinate as much. I feel really good. I want to socialize with people and I just feel really energized to do things. The kind of premenstrual and menstrual, so autumn and winter, that's when my anxiety really goes mental, especially the premenstrual stage. Um, and I have, mine's actually quite long I have actually a 10-day window of that time which from what I can gather so far it'll be interesting to see if that changes at all over the next few months but um yeah it's about a 10-day window where I feel really low I'm very oversensitive I can kind of tell that I'm being oversensitive because I'll be triggered by things on social media a lot easier I'll get involved with things that I just don't need to get involved with. You know, I feel I, I also have a terrible habit of like shutting myself off and not reaching out when I'm at a real low point. And then as soon as my period comes, that eases like almost immediately. But I'm still very introverted at that stage. But the anxiety eases off a lot. But yeah, I think just being aware that that happens every month and and that it's OK. And, you know, maybe that's the time of the month where I come off of social media for a few days or I make sure that I schedule some posts and rather than trying to post every day and you know just retreat in a little bit and focus on work that's maybe not quite so extroverted so yeah I would definitely recommend reading something like period power or code red because Mm. it just gives you an insight into how that 28 day period works and then when you get the moon into it as well um, I mean, I'm still quite new to this. There's lots of people who who I follow who talk about this um, and also kind of have an online presence for talking about this. The new moon is for setting new intentions and goals and the full moon is for letting go of things. I think even if you don't uh, believe in kind of the lunar cycle and whether it has an effect on you or not, I think having that as habits is really good to be like, okay, so on the new moon every month, I'm going to sit down and set some intentions for like the next month ahead and some goals that I want to achieve and then you know when you get to the full moon check in and 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 see how you've been feeling for the past month and you know to write those things down and 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 look at what you want to let go of for the next kind of 30-day period I just think it's a good practice because I'm a, a prolific journaler as well I journal every day this this has just given me a structure to that as well yeah yeah because you mentioned before that yeah even if you weren't into like the lunar cycle and you you called it like woo woo stuff that it's a you know a good form of self-care I mean self-care is I guess it's is it a buzzword it kind of is at the moment I I mean (laughs) something that I talk about quite a lot and um interestingly just kind of before Christmas it was early December I did a um an introduction to counseling course with the Minster Centre and that was that was really really good and it was kind of like a week-long therapy which I wasn't quite expecting it to be and one of the days we started talking about self-care that like unbeknownst to me actually really triggered me and I just I burst into tears actually it was really I was not expecting it because I think you know we're talking about self-care and what people do etc etc um and I guess you know in the stage of life that I'm at at the moment with two young 
children it feels as though uh, it's quite hard to find time for self-care and I think that's why it probably triggered me and I know that I'm not very good at setting aside time which you know becomes this repetitive negative cycle because you're not you know sectioning off time for yourself and then yeah it just kind of repeats and repeats and it ends up being not very good for you um but like what what does self-care mean to you self-care means so much to me I think I've obviously talked about my story quite a bit on my social media so I was in an abusive relationship until 2018 and when I came out of that relationship I was homeless for a few months and I've had to rebuild everything in the past couple of years and then obviously the pandemic hitting last year, being a photographer, being a wedding photographer and, and a commercial photographer, I, you know, I had the trauma of watching the, the income that I had built um, just go overnight. So I've, I've had a couple of decent sized breakdowns over the past couple of years. Like I talk about this quite openly. I've been suicidal at points. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been on um, medication for it. Um, but, you know, I've had a lot of trauma that has happened in my life. And that's been something that's continued on from childhood. My childhood was quite traumatic and stressful. So I've never myself been out of fight or flight mode. I am constantly in that state, which... Um, last year I started to see some quite um, decent hormone changes within my body from kind of doing some insight into that um, so I just realized that I basically have high levels of cortisol because I'm I'm in such a state of stress constantly which makes me amazing in a crisis it means that I can handle things very easy I can I can problem solve and I can pick myself up and dust myself off um, and kind of carry on but eventually this is this will kill me because my body's being put under strain that it, you know, it's, it, we're not made to be in that state constantly. So I started looking at a variety of different ways that I could help myself. And after 2019, my first kind of big breakdown, which involved my ex and the police. And I, that was like, kind of like the final straw. I um, went into therapy and I spent nine months in therapy for that. And um, I was pretty much forced into therapy by one of my friends, but it was like one of the best things I've ever done. From, from doing that, I realized that I had no boundaries whatsoever. I was completely open to people to take advantage of me. I had people pleasing tendencies as you really look into people pleasing you will start to realize that actually people pleasing is a form of manipulation because you're trying to control your environment but people pleasers don't have boundaries which is toxic for them it's also toxic for the people around them and so through that first stint in therapy I learned about how to set my boundaries how to decide what my boundaries were and how to protect my space and the goal of that was just to prevent me from going into another abusive relationship because that's how people uh, wind up in abusive relationships um so for me the primary thing with self-care is boundaries and setting boundaries and finding the confidence to be able to assert them it's not like obviously the kind of actions that you take on a daily basis like having a bath and eating good food they all come into it as well but I think ultimately it's about setting those boundaries for yourself and that self-discipline as well and from doing that 
I've, you know, I've improved my money situation. I manage my money better because I, I, I set clearer boundaries for that for myself, which is another form of self-care. It's making sure that I'm financially okay and that I can look after myself. Um, you know, it's um, things like I, I did actually, because um, I really struggled with the second lockdown in November. I don't know what it was. I think it was like a trauma reaction because it was everything being taken away again. But I decided to go back into therapy, which so I, I am back in therapy at the moment. When I came back from, from doing my charity walk last year, I started um, seeing a nutritionist who also does homeopathy. <laughs> Um, and she's been amazing as well. So looking at like the types of foods and supplements um, that are just going to help my body to be able to cope better. Um, so, you know, for me, self-care is a, a pretty thing that you kind of post about on, on social media. It's, 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 an, it's an important way of looking after yourself. Like you were saying that you were struggling with the fact that, you know, being a mum, I think well I think most people who know me know that I don't want children um, <laughs> I completely take my hat off to parents because I think it's such a huge life sacrifice but I see a lot of burnt out mums because they're trying to be everything for everyone else and they don't have any clear boundaries with that and then what happens is they wind up then not doing such a great job and then they become even unhappier so I, I do think whatever your circumstances you have to prioritize yourself first which is just it goes against everything we've been conditioned to believe growing up. Um, mm. But there's, there is, there is nothing good about continued self-sacrifice or living a life where it's, it's costing you your health for the expense of other people. I will just say it's not something that happens overnight. You don't just automatically switch to looking after yourself. I've been on this journey for two years now intentionally. Um, so, you know, it's a long time and I'm still not there. Yeah. No, I think I think that you're absolutely right. I mean, there is a a level of discipline that is required to take care of yourself. And I can't remember where there was a quote about how actually discipline is a form of self-care. Um, and a lot of the things that you mentioned about setting boundaries, um, taking care of like your finances and discipline around a lot of those things is is essentially self-care I think as women we are like you said you know it goes against everything that we've kind of been taught as we've been raised you know it's always thinking you know well, how how are your how are your actions going to affect everyone else and you always I feel as though you're taught to put your own thoughts and feelings last and I, I oh, hope it's patriarchal conditioning <laughs> it is and um god I know and sometimes I do think you know I want to shake myself and be like come on you know this is you, you can do better for yourself and I just yeah I hope that you know the generation coming up behind us um you know are, are taught differently I know certainly the way that we speak to our daughters is probably quite different to um how I was spoken to you know as a as a young child a young girl um so hopefully you know, hopefully we are getting a bit more awareness about that but what you said about therapy is really interesting because I think again it's something that I learned after doing this um introduction to counseling course was 
the importance of therapy, which may sound silly, but I, you know, I went on that course not feeling as though I was like overburdened with so many personal issues myself, but throughout the course of the week, so many things started cropping up. And I thought, do you know what? Going into therapy isn't just for people who are having a breakdown like going into therapy is actually something that's really healthy in the same way that doing exercise is healthy and eating eating good food is taking care of your body I think having therapy with a counsellor or a psychotherapist is something that is just really really beneficial so it's something that yeah I've signed up and I'm really looking forward to it that's great um yeah, yeah just I think it's really really good practice and maybe there's a lot of taboo still around that what do you yeah. think I think there's definitely still taboo. People don't want to admit that they're having problems. Um, and that's usually the reason people wind up in therapy. But again, I do think it's a crucial part of, of self-care. Um, for me personally, I don't want my relationships to be therapy. Um, obviously, I do talk to the people that I'm close to about what I'm going through. Um, I do confide in people that it's not their job to help me fix my problems. I don't want my relationships with people to be like that. So the first thing for therapy with me is that I'm paying someone, I'm paying someone to do a job and their job is to help me and they have they have no bias towards my situation. So uh, whatever it is that we're working on or we're working through, it's, it's in a professional capacity, which means I, I'm getting actual help. Um, the other thing as well, not that my friends aren't amazing. I think they're all <laughs> fantastic. Um, I, I know when I'm bad, I, I I can sometimes feel like I'm being a burden. When my anxiety is bad, I, I'm, it's, it's kind of like being on a roundabout. It's being stuck in a loop and I will go over things. It can consume me, which makes me quite difficult to be around. And I don't want that to be how I am for people. So having a therapist is a way of dealing with that. But yeah, they're a professional, they know what they're doing, which is the big thing. But also, it's just awareness. I think so many people are lacking awareness around how they're feeling and how to deal with those feelings. So my biggest struggles is I actually, because of my history, I actually really struggle to feel things on, on an emotional level, which people find quite conflicting because I talk so openly about things. Um, but I really struggle with 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 feeling my emotions and my habit is to rather than feel them I'll look at them logically and think that I've solved them because I can kind of see what the issue is rather than actually moving through them therapy's just given me awareness around that and like the thing we're working on at the moment is um where I've become so self-reliant I don't actually trust anyone which means that when I'm in a really bad place I don't actually reach out and and so we're just working on me getting to a place where I feel like I can be safe about feeling how I'm feeling, but also know that I can trust people that I'm close to and myself as well. So I think it kind of stems back to that. So it's just having that awareness, which then means that you can work on those things and you can catch yourself when you start behaving in a certain way. And I think the taboo around it is... Um, that if you're in therapy that means there's something wrong with you which I just think there's something wrong with everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> everyone's broken everyone you know 
we all get to a stage in our lives where we've got baggage there's no one out there who's not suffering in some some shape or form you know and that's part of life there's no place where you're going to reach where you're just going to be happy all the time that is how it works yeah and uh, exactly because and that's something that I think I've only learned quite recently which is shocking isn't it that and (laughs) this realization that actually you're not happy all of the time and that doesn't exist um you know it's not it's not a destination that you suddenly arrive at um but I think that is something that I have never really been aware of I just thought that if life was good and I was good or I hate sorry I know you don't like using the good and bad but if if everything was uh, going smoothly and um yeah that if I was happy or I should be happy and if I wasn't happy then that is indicating that either there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with my environment that I need to change or so yeah just this idea that you you're not happy all the time and that's kind of okay and is normal it's something for me that I just when you started to realize in my mid-30s it's freeing though it's when you can realize that it's okay to have bad days it's okay to not feel great that you know you just feel like you have you can create space to be who you really are and we're conditioned to not embrace discomfort the issue is with that is that then affects everything because if you are if you can't embrace being uncomfortable um and you can't embrace the negative things then you're you're just gonna live like a half-life because I think you're never really going to feel the really good things either um obviously you want to try and find a balance um you don't want to be going from like one extreme to the other but you know discomfort is important it's everything from you know putting yourself out there for opportunities with the awareness that you could be rejected and that's not going to be very nice but because we are literally conditioned to avoid those things we do wind up living in this space which just just you know, isn't really living. Mm. So yeah, I do think it's a really important thing to be able to embrace all sides of yourself. I think there's, there's, there's power in all of those elements that make up who you are. And I think it's just important that we stop, um, trying to gloss it over or I always refer to it as um covering a turd in glitter um (laughs) it doesn't make it any better (laughs) oh my god that's hilarious I like that I like that thought (laughs) um yeah and I think it's kind of boring to be just steady the whole time and I I totally agree it's like a you're, you're not living like there's this part of life that you're missing out on like the the highs and lows and the range of emotions is it's good to feel all of them otherwise yeah how can you how can you kind of really experience life it's like putting your head in the sand in a way um yeah which a lot of people do to avoid a feeling of discomfort I looked into and read a lot around um suffering versus pain and a lot of people will always choose suffering so I think people think they're both the same but suffering is often something we inflict on ourselves over a long period of time to avoid the pain of change or changing a situation or changing um changing something that we're doing because it's easier to kind of suffer than it is to make that change I think like the most base level thing is health and fitness um people who know that they aren't looking after themselves in terms of nutrition and exercise 
exercise, they will be suffering with that. Their body will be suffering with that. But the pain of making a change of starting to do exercise or to change your diet or to reduce sugar, we will avoid that because we don't want that pain. We'd rather suffer. Um, so, but, you know, suffering over a prolonged period of time is much you know it, it will destroy you um while pain is only short-lived it doesn't go on forever so I do think that's something to think about um mm. when 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 you are thinking about the stuff that you're avoiding yeah that's that is really that's a really wise thing to to keep in mind um I was actually thinking of some <laughs> of some scenarios of myself there like even to do with exercise you're, you're exactly right it's relationships as well you know I I could have left my abusive relationship at any point um but the pain of leaving put me off until the suffering got so bad that I had to um I had to make that change and it was painful and and it was you know a huge life change um but I wasn't suffering anymore and I wasn't having to live through the chaos that I was living through every day. Like, I do think it's a choice. I wouldn't call myself an optimist, but I think I do believe that everything can be worked through to a, a, a point where you can find contentment. But unless you make good decisions or better decisions for yourself, you are just going to stay in that place that you're not happy with. Mm. I mean, what would you say to someone then? Because I think, you know, a lot of people might hear you say that although you have come obviously a very long way from being in a kind of abusive controlling relationship to to where you are now and I'm like I'm gonna ask you in a minute a bit about your business and all of that because I think that's really inspiring as well um but what would you say to someone who might be listening and then (sighs) they might hear you say that and say oh well how you know it's all easy to say or just make a better decision but is it as simple as that Um, I think ultimately it is, but it isn't in real life. I think the logic behind it is very simple, but the reality isn't. For me, in in all of those decisions when I'm suffering with something, um, like I feel genuinely sick when it comes to like confrontation. I'm not actually very good at it. I'm trying to be much better at it because that's how I assert boundaries and that's how I make better decisions for myself. Um, But, you know, in terms of that relationship, you know, I stayed there for as long as I did because the the fear of leaving and not being able to support myself or having to leave a home and make myself homeless for a period of time um you know it 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 was easier to stay in that situation and it's very much a process I don't think people just instantly have a switch I think they have to get to a point where they are ready to make that decision and to do that and it's you know it, it this logic can be applied to everything whether that's you know leaving your full-time job to start your business when is the right time to do that there isn't a right time to do that um having done that myself you do often wind up getting shoved into it and it's painful but then you realize how much you were suffering beforehand trying to balance everything Um, and then when you have been kind of shoved into it because you know it's it's reached a point where it's it's not possible to maintain everything um you realize that what you were afraid of isn't actually as bad as what you believed it was going to be that was stopping you from making that decision Mm. so I think you know it's 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 like the current situation as well yesterday I was so anxious yesterday morning all morning because I'd had a couple of wedding postponements come through um and 
I was feeling incredibly like the situation was out of my control, um, but I was afraid to contact the rest of my couples because I didn't want to be told that they were postponing as well. Um, there's a lot of fear there around refunds and, you know, all of these things, losing more income. And then, you know, around lunchtime, I was kind of like, no, I have to do this. I have to confront this situation because then I can take control back and, and it might be really uncomfortable because I might lose work, I might lose income, but at least I have control of the situation and at least I'm managing it and at least it will be done so I can move on. It, it's logic that can be applied across everything from, you know, people who bitch about friendship that they don't enjoy being in, but the idea of sitting that person down and telling them that they're not happy with the situation and asking them to respect their boundaries or, you know, whatever, that, that's too painful and fearful for them to take that action without realizing that once they do that, their life is going to be better. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's not easy, but I don't think that's the point. Life isn't <laughs> meant to be, exactly, life isn't meant to be easy. And I think, uh, yeah, there's um, the Glennon Doyle book that I read um, a few months ago, uh, Untamed. Um, there's a quote from that book, something like, you know, if if life is is hard it's because you're you're doing all the the right things or whatever you know like if if life is easy then that's actually not how it's meant to be you know life is no. difficult i'm also sorry to say that i think a lot of our issues are often self-inflicted you have to take responsibility for yourself one of the biggest um things that I've had to come to terms with is removing my victimhood stop blaming external factors for my situation and and to take control and to you know take responsibility for myself which I don't think a lot of people have got their head around that no, and I, and you totally. know that that's coming from from my place of you know having been a victim I really don't like that word <laughs> of of emotional abuse um but I had a choice it's not always an easy choice and I'm not saying that the road is um straightforward but you do have a choice every yeah. day yeah I that resonates with me because it's something that I talk about a totally different subject but um in terms of um you know my work as a birth doula and um, working with families preparing for um you know giving birth and parenting etc I think it feels almost um, harsh sometimes to say, you know, you do have a responsibility to, you know, learn about things and to, um, yeah, kind of understand the system and know at what point you have choices that you can make. Um, and I think a lot of issues that come, you know, as a result of, birth trauma are actually yeah people um, are completely uninformed or they they go to appointments like with midwives and doctors and they can hand over a hundred percent responsibility over to those people because they're deemed as you know the powerful professionals who are the all-knowing all-seeing um but it's that's not life you know doctors and midwives they're just people as well you know and they have everyone oh, has their funny. everyone has their own agenda so yeah there is I totally agree. Everybody has, you know, a personal responsibility to to know about things and think about their life and know when they have choices to make. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Not many people know that or think about it. No, they didn't. And, and I think um, we talk about empowerment, but I think that is where empowerment is. It's it's 
you know, making decisions for yourself rather than sticking your head in the sand um, and, and then blaming the rest of the world for it. You know, it's not easy um, because... I think there's probably a, a ego side of us that wants to blame all external factors and feel sorry for ourselves and, you know, have the rest of the world feel sorry for us. Um, but again, I don't think that's living. That's not, that's, that's not, um, that's not growth. That's not taking yourself forward. Um, and yeah, I think um, there's, there's one thing like I, I will touch on before we move back, um, uh, before we move on from this, but um there's a book called Burnout that I would recommend every woman reads. It just goes back to that conditioning of human giver syndrome. Yeah, I'm, um, writing that. I'm writing it down. <laughs> I'm going to get it straight away. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, I mean, it, it talks to you about the stress cycle, how to move through your stress cycle, and it gives you tools for that. But it also goes into the human giver syndrome that we are, we are all, we all have, pressed onto us as women from the day we're born so it's it's a fantastic book um it was definitely one of my favorite books that I read in 2020 and it's been a massive help to me as well mm. so I would recommend that every woman reads that okay okay I'm gonna get add that to the top of my list um, and <laughs> you you mentioned starting your own business or you know that fear of working for someone else and then how do you know it's the right time to kind of set up on your own so that seems like a good kind of segue to start asking you about your business and uh, the woman and the wolf which um, I absolutely loved like the beginning uh, part of your website where you talk about why you named your business the woman and the wolf so do you want to just and um, for anyone who's not seen your website yet can you just maybe go over a bit about about that because I think it's really inspiring my business is the woman and the wolf and I'm a brand photographer and I work primarily with with women female entrepreneurs um and my whole brand is very much about empowerment there's another really great book that I would which was kind of the part of the inspiration behind the name um which I would recommend everyone reads which is the, the women who run with the wolves which is a really hard book to read um but it's a beautiful insight into the history of women and who who we have and who we have been over over time and I also love wolves so I really wanted to implement that into the business name and the brand um and the reason I love wolves is because people have this they have this total misconception of them we especially with the whole like alpha you know, male, uh, you know, toxic masculinity that's kind of taken from 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 nature and and wolf pack hierarchy. Um, but actually, in wild wolf packs, the leadership is usually um, female or female and male. Um, it's joint, um, and it's very much based on the leadership is never based on aggression. And I find that women just aren't aggressive. I think we can often be condi conditioned to be aggressive, um, but I find female leadership mirrors the kind of wolf leadership that you see and it's very compassionate it's very knowledgeable um it's it's very much about 
lifting everyone up rather than just yourself. And that's really what I wanted to kind of push into the brand. Um, and it's also freedom. I made a decision two years ago that m- my life is, is, is never, ever going to be decided by someone else. Working for myself is a part of that. Um, you know, I've, I have been single for two years and I'm getting to a stage where I'm, I'm really happily single as well. And so I think that mentality will go forward into my future relationships as well. So I think it's, it's just an ethos, I think, about empowerment and looking after yourself and that it's okay to step into a leadership role, which so many women fear doing that because we're so often told that that's not our place. We're not masculine enough. We're not alpha enough. And I just think that's bullshit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's a brand I'm really passionate about and I love the work that I do because it's about giving confidence um, and it's about accepting all sides of yourself and then, leveraging that to make yourself money and again I feel like money is often a dirty conversation for women but it's 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 not and it shouldn't ever be because we as women should have control of our own money regardless of whether you're in a relationship or a marriage whatever the reason so many of us don't have any power or control over our lives is because we don't we we don't have finances behind us and that's why a lot of abusive relationships are allowed to continue as well so it is about that empowerment as well yeah no definitely um I'm I'm so inspired by everything that you've said I think <laughs> there's you have like these threads go through everything everything that you do there are these common kind of threads and yeah just about you know taking responsibility being being an individual and it's it's kind of a it's an authenticity and it's it takes actually a lot of bravery um and courage I think to to go out like that you know on a limb and be and say no this is this is me this is who I am this is my passion this is my skill and I I can do this and you're I mean I love all of the the work that you put out there so you're really you know from from what I can see obviously I don't know but yeah it seems like you are you're smashing it basically you're doing really really well yeah, no, I'm, I can genuinely hand on heart say that um, the past 12 months have seen my business go from strength to strength. Um, again, probably going back to my earlier point, um, it's not necessarily been healthy or from a place of self-care. It's been very much a trauma reaction. Um, so it's kind of like a superpower <laughs> to be able to like look at such a mental situation as a pandemic and be able to see the opportunity and to be able to find the energy to take the action um which is something I can do very easily um but it's kind of also looping back around to that self-care thing and finding that balance which is obviously what you talk about uh, on the podcast I, I don't believe that balance is ever perfect I think probably what this year has taught us is that um it hasn't been consistent it's been very uncertain and things have changed on a daily basis part of how I've tried to approach that is to accept what's happening each day and then looking at what's happening and going back to that decision making what can I do if I can't do anything then I just need to let it go but yeah it's I'm trying to use this lockdown to look after myself and to work on my fitness because I'm going to run a marathon this year um, and also to just have some self-care and 
retreat a little bit because I had such a busy year last year. I'm very proud of myself, but I think what I have tried to talk about is that it has, it's not sustainable how things have been over the past 12 months. So that's very much what I'm doing this month is looking at how I want to take my business forward in a way that I'm actually looking after myself at the same time. Yeah, because when you're when you're a business owner and, you know, it it's you, you know, you are you're doing everything, all the elements that come with running a business and actually delivering the service that you are doing all of those elements. So I think um, and maybe that's what something that puts people off from starting their own business is it does feel like a big a big leap and and I think it comes back to that conversation about taking responsibility because there's some kind of security and ease with turning up you know to your job where you're p-a-y-e and you get your you know your monthly salary or whatever although of course even that is quite uncertain for a lot of people at the moment um there's people who are suffering in jobs that they absolutely hate and that's having a hugely negative impact on them I think if it comes to you wanting to run a business I think you have to find something that you're passionate about you can just do it for money there's plenty of businesses out there who do operate on the basis that they just want to make a lot of money for me personally I'm not I'm not made like that money is important it's a very very important tool I do want to make lots of it to a point where I have freedom I don't want to be a millionaire but I do want to earn a good living so I can do the things that I want to do ultimately it's about the fact that I can go to work every day and this is my own personal purpose that I'm going to work every day and I'm having a positive impact on other people and the work that I'm doing is aligned with my values as a person um I can't do a job I've tried to have jobs I can't work for other people (laughs) Mm. I don't fit in that at all and it makes me really miserable it does go back to that that question of whenever we want something if we want it hard enough we will make it happen it doesn't matter what it is if if we really want it and we prioritize it we will make it happen so I think that's what's applied to business if you really want to do something and you really want to make a success of something you will make that a priority um and you can loop that background again um because I don't think it's ever a question of what do you want it's what are you willing to suffer for because building a business does take hard work um it takes a lot of rejection it takes a lot of discomfort it takes a lot of uncertainty. Um, another reason why I'm so proud of the self-employed and the entrepreneurial community over the past 12 months, because they've really tapped into that resilience that they built up as business owners to make the most of this situation. It's a lifestyle, not a job. <laughs> but I think it's one worth doing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's something that I I don't think I really ever thought about working for myself until um yeah until I met my husband and he has never had a job like similar to you and I just he could never imagine working for anybody else and and I saw his life and I thought hang on a second like how is this possible that you can you know you you yeah you're your own boss and then I'm like beholden to somebody else and I started to feel actually really resentful and then um yeah and decided to make that change and I'm so glad I did I cannot imagine as well yeah going back to work for others there's so much freedom like you don't have to ask someone to take off holidays you can pick when you work like my day is very much laid out to how I want to live you know I just 
I often don't start work till after lunch. Um, I have the mornings to myself. Obviously, during busier times, that's not always possible. I can travel when I want to travel. I, you know, um, while I do work hard, I work every day. I very rarely take a full day off. There's always something that needs doing, whether it's just a bit of admin or emails. But I have a choice over how I manage that time. I haven't got someone else dictating that to me. That to me is how I want to live my life so I will make my situation work as best as I possibly can I've had this conversation with other entrepreneurial friends there is no plan b this has to work yeah Um, Yeah, I read that I read that on your website um this morning before when I was kind of reading through a lot of your stuff and I saw that quote um and and I thought that was really good um (laughs) so yeah well I hope that you do you know, if anyone listening to this, hearing what you have to say gives them a bit of inspiration. I think that is something potentially that the pandemic has done as well. A lot of people may then have been given the opportunity or time away from an office to think, oh, like, how might this work if I was working for myself? Um, so maybe that's a plus side um, to come out yeah. of this. And there's nothing quite like, I think it's probably a bit of an adrenaline junkie thing it's not healthy at the minute I'm in a good position financially I quite enjoy the months where I don't know how things are going to pan out with money because that's when my back is up against the wall and I'm can I can get a lot done in that space (laughs) so you know while when you have comfort it's um you you maybe won't take that action which will actually give you what you want a lot of people hearing that will feel inspired to maybe start going down that road or at least you know explore things in a bit more detail if they've been like in something in the back of their mind has been niggling like oh do this do this do this hope maybe they'll have the the courage to take the next step we need more small businesses I think it's really important I think it's a really important makeup of our economy and our communities as well and especially in the world of social media I do I I would love to see more small businesses popping up out of this and you know there will be you know it's going to be hard but there will be opportunity that comes from this situation you can look at through history you know obviously the great depression was awful we definitely want to try and avoid that but from that a lot of new businesses and some of the biggest businesses in the world that are still around now came out of the Great Depression. The same post-World War II, obviously, again, would rather not have a world war. <laughs> but, you know, we, that's when we had the baby boomers and there was a lot of wealth and prosperity that came after that as well. So, you know, this situation is awful and it's challenging and it's difficult but I do think it's part of the cycle of humanity we will see really good times again um you know it might not be for a couple of years but they will be there and you know this is now our time to see where that opportunity is and mm-hmm. how we can use it for ourselves as well yeah I feel um I feel quite uplifted hearing you say that because bef- this morning I was feeling a bit rubbish and um even like a couple of hours we're having lunch and I just suddenly you know got quite teary and I have no idea why um but I and then anyway I kind of had a bath and I started like preparing for this 
um, interview and, and just talking to you and hearing you say that, I feel massively uplifted. So yeah, <laughs> like, I, thank you <laughs> for making me feel so much more positive. Um, so I'm glad. Really it um, will be good again. It will be. Um, yeah, it will. It will. Find it out. Yeah, exactly. We do. We do. And that, as you said earlier, people don't like sitting in discomfort um you know they want to try and avoid it but at the moment there is no avoiding this so um (laughs) (laughs) um, it's everywhere (laughs) it's it's everywhere yeah you just have to you have to and there you go that's a lesson for all of us I I do believe it will be a great lesson for I think one of the reason uh, like this is probably um not the right thing to be saying but one of the reasons we got we we were in such a muddle pre-pandemic is because I don't actually I personally don't believe that it's actually good for human beings to be living consistently within a peacetime. Um, I think um, it makes them quite stagnant, and you could kind of see that in our politics. People not bothering to vote, which meant that governments could get away with things that they were doing that they shouldn't have been doing. This is a this is an opportunity for a, a reset of sorts. It's the opportunity to evaluate, to look at what you want and how you're going to go forward when this is this is done. Before we um, wrap up the interview, you mentioned journaling and how you're a prolific journaler. Um, and I wanted to ask you a bit about, do you want to just maybe share yeah, a bit of what journaling means to you? Um, I've journaled solidly for like the past six years. Um, wow, six years. Yeah. amazing. So I've got journals that take me through the whole of the later part of my um, relationship, building my business. Um, so I have a kind of structure to it which I find is uh, really important and the the first thing I do when I journal is I write down the three things that I'm grateful for at that moment um gratitude practice is one of the most important things that I do um I'm at a stage now um and I have talked about this before where I'm I'm I am grateful for every single thing that has happened to me um good or bad um because it 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 has led me to here and to becoming a person that I actually really love and want to care for um without those events in my life I wouldn't be where I am now gratitude is something that I think it's when you can implement that every day um and you know just start with writing down three things that you're grateful for and it doesn't need to be like it really doesn't need to be big things like sometimes I will write that I'm grateful for a certain friend because maybe we've had a conversation that day or they've done something to make me smile (laughs) might be grateful for like the dinner that I had that evening because I really enjoyed cooking it and I enjoyed eating it um and I think just doing this every day even if you've had like the most shit day imaginable if you can pluck three things from that day that you were grateful for um you can just shift your mindset a little bit and it's not toxic positivity you're you're still acknowledging that you know the day hasn't been great but you're just also looking at the present moment and that actually it's it's like self-soothing it's um it gives yourself reassurance that you know you are okay and it just grounds yourself so yeah I always write down three things that I'm grateful for first then I write down all of my goals for that month, both personal and work. And I do that every single day because it keeps me focused and it keeps me on track. Um, so I do goal setting throughout the year. So I kind of have my big goals for the year. Then I break them down into quarterly and then monthly. That 
those those goals every month though the the monthly goals are generally the action that I need to take to achieve the kind of quarterly goals but there's also my personal goals in there as well and it, it people see anything that's really boring to write down those same things every single day but it just keeps you on track it just keeps you a little bit focused because a lot of people will set goals at the beginning of the month and then forget about them but yeah. no I don't I, think that's boring at all I think that's another example of yeah of discipline and it is discipline because yeah, and, it keeps you on track and it keeps you accountable yeah. and it also like one of my goals this this month is to read two books um because my reading last year got awful I think it was like the whole like I think it was trauma not being able to focus on things so I really want to make reading a big part of this year because I love reading um and when I wrote down that goal last night I could see that I'd already read one book so I was like I've already achieved something and you know like one of my other goals is book three weddings this month and I was like oh I've booked I've booked one already so now I only need to book another two and we're still in the first week of January so it's just kind of like checking in and keeping yourself accountable. So yeah, definitely write down your goals. And then I free write. And that can be as short or as long as what you want to be. Sometimes I just write a paragraph. Um, sometimes I write pages. And I just usually start with, you know, what happened that day? How did I feel about that day? Was my anxiety bad? And this is also mixed in with my cycle tracking, which I have a separate journal for. So I usually do that first, because that kind of allows me to go, okay, so in the morning, I woke up feeling energized, and I was really eager to go for a run, and I had a really good run. You know, lunchtime, I started to feel a bit low and started to feel anxious. So I'm already tapping into those like emotions that I've been feeling throughout the day. Sometimes a major event might have happened um, and I will write about that. But it's just getting it out. And I think that allows you to move through your emotions and to feel things. You know, I've journaled before I've started writing and I've not been feeling anything. And then all of a sudden, really strong emotions come to the front because I'm allowing myself to 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 process and to um talk about those things and I think um like I've never read back my journals and I have no one else has ever read them so it doesn't need to be perfect pen obviously if that's something you're into then great um but (laughs) for me it's just a process to keep myself on track and to give myself awareness about how I'm feeling and to allow myself to feel things. So I probably spend about, on average, I probably spend about half an hour to an hour every day in the evening on that. What I'm learning from hearing you talk about lots of things that you do is is just about making it like a habit and, you know, actually feeling as though you are tipping the balance you know in your favor it's actually it's a daily effort and the discipline is all very closely tied into that but you don't just wake up one morning and suddenly you know you're feeling better like you said you know you have consciously spent the last two years kind of working on yourself and having therapy and bringing in certain practices that enable you to you know function as best you can and whilst you know also acknowledging that there are days when you do feel rough and you're going to feel low and but you know that is your your normal but you you know there are certain things that you do that try to help keep you um 
as balanced as possible, knowing that, you know, being completely balanced and static doesn't exist. It um, doesn't exist. <laughs> It really doesn't exist. You know, I have these practices and I consciously try to do them, but they don't always happen. Um, And I think the problem is, is I think, well, I don't know about other people, but I will look at, you know, kind of the self-help people and, you know, the stuff that they're putting out. And I always try to make myself, when I speak to my own audience, as human as possible because I think when we come again, it goes back to that highlight reel when we compare ourselves to the people we've put on a pedestal because they've told us something that has resonated with us. And, you know, people will be listening to this and they'll be going, oh, you know, this is totally resonating with me. And, you know, but I think it's really important to acknowledge the fact that I don't, I'm not perfect with this. Like, mm. I, I fuck it up and other people make a mess of it and you know that's okay as well um but I think it's just doing your best is all you can really ask of yourself and to not hold yourself hostage by ridiculous standards that just Mm. aren't possible to maintain um and and that's really really key I think when it especially when it comes to self-care because we have a vision that it means we're going to have like perfect skin and the perfect bodies and... <laughs> which doesn't exist either <laughs> no it doesn't it really doesn't exist and I think when you can accept that and care for yourself like you deserve to be cared for um that's when it it it, it really starts to make a difference and that's yeah as I said before that's accepting all sides of who you are not just the nice side or the good side yeah that's amazing Thank you, Amy. I think that's just probably the absolute perfect point to um, round off the conversation. So um, thank you for taking all the time today. And yeah, where can people find you? What's the best place to connect with you? Um, So you've got my website, which is um, www.thewomanandthewolf.com. Or you can find me on Instagram, which is generally where most people find me and where I am the most at um the woman and the wolf but there's an underscore between each word but generally if you just put my name in which is amy um a-m-i robertson um the woman and the wolf will come up as well so yeah i'm pretty easy to find and um i'm prolific at posting (laughs) (laughs) i know you're very good at that so brilliant well i will make sure to um add some links to your things in the um notes of today's show and thank you so much you've been wonderful I've been really happy to be here. Thank you so much.